Elliot, what's going on, man? Not much. What's going on with you guys? Everything. You guys, you guys came up here and ruined the Maple Leafs last week. Craig is so contrary today. Everything Uh-oh. is like everything. <clears throat> we we just start, you know, shooting the breeze. Just a conversation not even you know relevant to the show it might come up might not but we're just talking about nhl stuff and and uh everything is just contrary like you're wrong no you're wrong yes how i say it is wrong it's like you know we're talking about the leafs and you know and then it's just yeah so listen you bring up these things you throw them on on my lap because I know you're like a little fisherman. Okay. You're throwing out the line with the hook on the side and you think I'm going to be that fish that just comes along and swoops up and sucks up the hook. No, some of the stuff that you said this morning is completely ridiculous (laughs) and I'm going to call you on it. And uh, I know it's Monday, but uh, it is what it is. And guess what, Petey, we had a lot of time. We had a lot of time to discuss that. Some extra Elliot time, Freeman, didn't we? Yeah, some extra time. Elliot Freeman, second week in a row. He is going to get fined for the second week in a row. And guess what? What happens when you when you are late to the meeting for the second time, Petey? Fine think, goes up. Fine goes up. Fine goes up. Okay, I will yep. pay. The, I will pay it. I, <laughs> I will pay it. So I was worried you're going to. I was. I was worried going to tell you. I've, I've been. I'm being sent down to a minor league podcast. Oh God, no! We are the minor league podcast, Elliot. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you are kind of like the star, and we we are the bottom. No of the right now. way, no uh, way. So you know what? Craig sent me something, and I just I wanted to ask you this right off the bat. You, I mean, I, do you remember when all these player tributes started? There's a reason why I'm asking you this. Uh, it's relevant to something that's happening this week. But do you remember when all the player tributes, like they come back and play against their old team, and all that started? And are you a fan of it? Well, yes, I am, because I think those are for the fans and generally the fans love them. Um, so I, I, I do support them. Um, I don't remember the first one, though. The, you know, the one I really remember, I don't think it was so much of a, a tribute, but just a moment was when Guy Lafleur retired from the Canadians and then came back to play. I remember his first game back at the Montreal Forum. He had such an ovation that they couldn't play the game. That was the one I, I really remember. But would you would you recall uh, Gretzky's uh, first trip back to to Edmonton? Edmonton, yes. Yeah, CBC broadcasted live in the, in the middle of the week. Uh, at that time, that really didn't happen, but it happened then after he was traded. It was very emotional. But I always remember the Lafleur one for some reason. Okay. Well, the reason and why how do you how do you feel about, about him? Like I like, like I like you them, say that, Craig. I like them, but okay. So let me. So we're talking about Guy Lafleur and Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, They're two of the greatest of all time. Yep. Where, like, how many games do you have to play? What kind of success do you have to have? Because they're not having this for everybody. They're having they, this they, for your elite player. I feel like they are there. having it for everybody these. They days. They are having it for everybody these days. You know, they're they're all over the place. There's. There's, there's no question about that. I think that, um, uh, you know, look, are you guys talking about Sam Reinhardt this week? Well, the, uh, and there's another one too, Elliot. Shame Which on you for not looking further down the schedule this Who week. Who is it? Who is it? Uh, a one Thursday that, is uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, Eichel. Oh, yes. I didn't even think about that. So we've got back-to-backers. 
and you give me your opinion. You got a, you know, a second overall pick in Sam Reinhart and a yep. second overall pick in Jack Eichel. Been here for the, both. They were staples for, for a long time. Yes. Yeah. So what, what are we? The, what are we going to see tonight? Well, first of all, Reinhardt, he played hard for you guys. Yes, he did. Like he was a good there, player. Is he there a very any, good player? Is there anything that Sam Reinhardt did that doesn't des- means he doesn't deserve to be recognized? I mean, I understand he didn't get success, but is that his fault? Did he play no. hard? Did he, you know, did he answer the bell every time? I thought he did. He played, he played exceptionally well. He had, he had a lot of success here. He just played on a horrendously bad team, but he did his part. So he then did you, everything you that he possibly could. His attitude playing. sucked, but his attitude sucked because the team sucked. And he was just, he was just grinded down and just was depleted by the environment. And that's going to happen to anybody. Right. That's I didn't think his attitude anybody. sucked right away, Craig. I thought no, last year, I thought it was last year when you finally had enough. I think it was a, I think it was a slow build. Yes. Um, but well, I think I it was I, for, for me, it started to cut you off river. Uh, but I, you know, it just seemed like things started to get a little for him. Maybe the grudge started when they signed him to that two year deal instead of a long-term deal. Like, you know, they were in those contract negotiations and, and he goes and he signs a two year deal, um, for, I don't know what it was, Riv, you're good with the numbers three, something, three, seven, five, maybe six, five. Yeah. Something like that. And then, and then I think he wanted a long-term deal and I think maybe that's just, and then the team's losing and whatever, but anyway, sorry, that's, but we were talking about the, the tributes. Go ahead, Riv. No, I'm, I'm very curious to know what's going to happen and how the Sabres going to handle this. You know, is it just going to be like face up on the screen and they say, thanks, or are we going to have the, you know, going to have to bring the, the tissues out and wipe the tears <laughs> because it's going to be so emotional and, and they're going to have a little video session on Sam. It's, what do you, it's, what do you uh, think, Elliot? Then we'll, then we'll get to Jack. Well, that's the thing. It's hard. It's hard to do one without doing the other, because if you do, if you don't do both the same way, it's going to be a thing right now. The question is, do, do the Sabres care that it's a thing? Um, the, the, look, first of all, I, I think you do videos of both. Um, you know, I, First of all, they both like, they both played hard for the team. Reinhardt and Eichel's situations are different. You know, Reinhardt, to me, Reinhardt, there's not even a question. I agree. So, to be honest, both of them, to me, it's not even a question, but these are two separate cases. With Reinhardt, he played hard. He gave it his all. As you guys said, he was ground down by the losing. And I just think it... It didn't really happen until last year, a year that was so bad and so hellish, not just for hockey reasons, but also for COVID related reasons that I think it would have broken anyone in losing. Like last year, if you were on a team where your team sucked, it was a hell year for you for a lot of different reasons. And I don't think you can blame Sam Reinhardt for that. Now, Eichel, here's the thing. Like if it's me, I still give him the video and everything, but I recognize that this is a personal thing between Eichel and the ownership of the team, and that could corrupt the situation. How do the owners feel? Um, now, the owners, if if the Pagulas do a video for Reinhardt and don't do one for Eichel, 
you know, people are going to moan and bitch about it. And some of them deservedly so, but sometimes people just don't care. Like the owners might not care. They might just say, you know, we feel so much this way. We'll take our beating. Um, but if I, but like, to me, Eichel, he played hard for you guys. I remember two years ago, that season, which led into COVID, the first half of the year, you guys were mad at me. I didn't have Eichel as number one on my heart trophy ballot. You guys were killing me every week for it. Yep. So, and then it fell apart. And I like, like to me, as a player, there's no doubt Eichel gets the tribute, but I know it's very raw for the Pagula ownership. I know it's very raw for some, not all of the fan base, but some, and I understand the reaction will be mixed. I'm curious to see what the attendance is that night. You know, like, do do a lot of people buy tickets to come into the building? Sell out. I'm calling a sellout. To show their feelings one way or another. To see him in a Vegas uniform for closure. Or, or, <laughs> for closure. Yeah, <laughs> or to voice their opinion one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. If they can't sell out, if they if if they're not, they should have the highest attendance in these next two games. Sam Reinhardt, whether you love him or hate him, and I think there's a lot of people that love the way he played. He, you know, he was always, you know, in the shadows of Jack. Jack had this dynamic ability to him where Sam Reinhardt just did everything exceptionally well. He thought the game well. The, the, the way he moved the puck, stood in front of the net and took an absolute beating to score goals. He was defensively responsible. I mean, Sam Reinhardt was a player that every single team in the league would love to get their hands on. And it's and I just I, I think to myself and I look at his statistics, even playing on such a bad hockey team, it was a really bad hockey team. It was a bad environment. Um, they didn't quite have the leadership. Um but Sam Reinhardt, Sam Reinhardt's a player. He is a, he is a player, and he's yeah, playing yeah. exceptionally well in Florida. He's got 52 points in 52 games. He's got 18 goals where he's going to have another 20-plus goal season. He has been super consistent throughout his time, and he was a big part of the last six years in, in Buffalo. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do, because if like if they give a tribute to Jack Eichel, I'm I would be absolutely shocked if they didn't give one to Sam Reinhardt because he was they were like a one two punch here. Well, Sam's I don't know. Sam's no question. I'm with Elliot. Sam's no question. No brainer. Jack, I think, is going to get one just because it's probably the classy thing to do. Uh, Like, again, I I think you do it, but. I, I I recognize that the feelings are so raw still. Like everything that happened a couple of weeks ago, I had a long conversation with someone who knows the doctors of the Sabres. And they actually took issue with some of the things that I'd reported. And we had a really honest conversation about it. And you know, at the end of it, it was it was it was a real good talk. I, I really enjoyed it. He said, there's two things you have to look at here. He said, number one, you know, Terry and Kim Pagula felt it's like, it's like that old saying, when you get divorced, you really have to love someone to hate them. Like they, they felt that Eichel's trade request was such a, 
was such a letdown to them that it colored all of their thoughts about him. They were so disappointed. It, it, they, they thought it was such a betrayal that they couldn't think rationally when it came to Eichel and probably still can't. Um, but the doctors, they said, like they said, the doctors honestly weren't convinced this was going to work. He said they weren't being dishonest. They weren't trying to hurt Eichel. Now, I do think that Eichel felt that at times they were getting closer to saying yes and then would pull back. And that really bothered him. That really frustrated him and bothered him. And it made him angrier at the Sabres. But he said to me that those doctors honestly could never get to a point where they were willing to gamble everything on that surgery. And that's what it was. And, but I think it comes down to what you, what we were just saying is that you really have to love someone to hate them. And that's kind of where it happened with the Sabres and Eichel. But I think you do it. I think you do it. And listen, I mean, the Pagoulas since they've come here to Buffalo have put a tremendous amount of money into redoing the facilities in the, in the gym and the dressing room. And I will opposing, never question their will right? to try to do well. Never. So they have yeah. done, they have done what they felt was the right thing to sign these players to big money. Jack Eichel was a huge investment for Skinner. the Pagoulas. Skinner. Mm-hmm. They've, they've done what they, what you would want in an owner. It has not worked out because it has not been managed properly but it's not from the Pagoulas not opening their wallets to make the environment better and try and make the team better by paying guys a lot of money. Jack Eichel got paid $10 million a year. Mm -hmm. The problem is at what breaking point does a player just break down mentally because he is in an environment where not only is Jack Eichel looking at the team saying, I've just lost for six years. They have tried to build around me and I'm looking at the team after six years and we're not making the playoffs for a couple of years still because mm-hmm. it's not, they're, it, they're not deep enough. I understand exactly what Jack Eichel's doing. You can't waste your career. You have one career in hockey and it, it does not last very long and it goes very quickly. I'll say this. I'll say this, Elliot. I don't know if you want to comment on that. I, I, if I were the owners of the team and Jack asked for the trade, I'd be like, this is perfect. Now I don't have to trade him and be the bad guy. He asked to get out of here. Cause the time had come. Like if you can't see, if you can't see that by the point that he even asked for a trade, I think, he, I think there's truth to the, the trade request the, the summer before, you know, there were rumblings about him. It, no, it's a hundred percent. It's a yeah. hundred it's a he wanted out a year prior. I asked him. He admitted it. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's, and that's, that's where the that's where the that's where the relationship broke down. Okay. Right there. Okay. So it was the summer before then, not not even during the neck issue. Interesting. Well, no, be- it was the summer before the neck issue. It was after it was after the Sabers didn't make the bubble playoffs. Right. Right. All right. So Kevin after Adams year five, right? But Kevin Adams went out, was hired. And he went out and made some significant moves. Yep. Jordan Stahl, everybody on the planet said, this Eric is a Stahl. really... Eric, Eric Stahl, Stahl, sorry. Yeah. This There's is too many Stahls. Yeah, I know. 
you know, hey, Eric Stahl I don't know if you heard this, Elliot. I lined up beside Eric Stahl once uh, when he was playing in Carolina, and I lined up beside him and I said, "Your parents should have had more kids because the, the, the third brother was just on his way up." There's uh, there's Eric Jordan, and then Mark, Mark, and yeah. then there's even I think a Jared, Jared Stahl. Jared, yeah, he yeah. played was, pro. Yeah, who was yeah. even quoted? I think quoted by the by one of the other brothers that were in the NHL that he might have even been the best one. But go ahead, Riv. No, I be honest with you, I completely forgot my train of thought. But uh, well, you were talking you know, about how Kevin Adams brought brought players in, but you oh, know, just you know, brought Stall in, brought Hall. I mean, these were significant, significant moves that everybody was like, "Wow, they're at least going out and trying to trying to make, yeah, yeah," and it didn't work out. Elliot, uh, we need your inside knowledge on a couple things here, just saber related, and then we'll move on to some other stuff around the league that you talked about. Um, okay. So Kevin Adams said the other day, I can't remember, can't remember exactly where, but I've seen it quoted on, on social media, a bunch of places that he said he was willing to take on money or bad contracts for teams to at the deadline. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, any, any idea on what the direction for the Sabres is going to be around the trade deadline? I know we've talked about it last week a little bit, but I didn't know if maybe you've heard more and what kind of contracts you know, are out there. Go ahead. You know what the most interesting thing was that I spoke to Kevin Adams briefly this week before uh, they played Toronto on Wednesday. And one of the most interesting things he said to me was they're in the, like, I think like we talked last week, I think Owen power showing up in April, right? I think he's going to play. So, you know, he wasn't confirming or denying that one way or the other. But the one thing he did say that was really interesting was that they are really trying to figure out who his defense partner should be. And and whether or not it's somebody who's there now or somebody who they're going to go out and get, um, there's uh, a, there that's one thing that there is on their radar. Like for this year, finding his partner for this year or finding him in the offseason for next could, year? Could be both. You know, it was funny at the time in the conversation, I thought he was talking about next year. But when I spoke to Merrick about it, he actually brought it up and said, do you think he was talking about this year? And the more I thought about it, I said, yeah, you know what? He could have been. Like, why wouldn't any, you want this kid to step into the NHL and be comfortable be. right away? Well, that, well, that that's exactly it, Andrew. And, and Craig, I don't know a name, but I think that I, I think you can assume it's like, it's like the modern day Craig Reve. They're they're looking for that guy. Is Mackenzie, we- is Mackenzie Weger available? Mackenzie Weger is not available. They're trying to win a Stanley Cup. Craig, who who is like the young guy that you played with that you really thought you had a good effect on? Uh, you, you already is this well, <laughs> in Montreal? I played with Andre Markov for a number of years, probably about six years. Yeah, he was no good. Um, and then I got traded and his career really took off. <laughs> uh, I went to San Jose and immediately was put with a young buck named uh, uh, Matt, Matty Carl, mm-hmm. who was an incredible, he was a D one kid, uh, out of, uh, Denver college. And, uh, he was, he was very good, very offensive, very, very smart. I played with him for a few years in San Jose, came to Buffalo and, uh, right away got put with a young guy in Chris Butler, um, okay. played a cup, played a couple of years with, uh, Chris Butler. Um, 
So it's kind of seemed like sounds you like know, you're my taking credit for a lot, but Elliot sounded like he had a specific player in mind. I didn't. I was just wondering okay. who it was. But I, I think, but I do think they're looking for that kind of a player. I they're thinking about it. Who should play with Owen Power? Who can we get to play with Owen Power? Okay, so here's my question: Is Josh Manson available? Yes, I do think I, I think he's available. If he okay, does, you know, I, I do. He's yeah. a right defenseman. Eric Goodbranson. He'd lose his shit if he got traded to Buffalo. Yeah, they're not trading him. They're right not now. trading playing, him. He, have you seen the way he's playing there? They're, yeah, they're I know. Stanley Cup. I know. Okay, okay. All yeah. right. Don't bite my head off. I'm just trying to find those are those are the kinds of guys. I mean, I named two pretty solid players, but I don't know who else would be out there, Elliot. Who do you have in mind? If you say um, a modern day Craig Reve, who who? Unless you already know who they're going after, you. No, know. I don't. He he wouldn't. He wasn't giving me that. Well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, well, the other thing too is it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a free agent. It could be. It could be a, a guy they could trade. Can I for, throw right? a guy out there that sure. you might raise an eyebrow? Okay. You might raise an eyebrow right away and say you are batshit crazy. But um, I might I'm do that anyway. Some, I'm going to throw someone out, and you guys tell me what you think. Um, the guy's been in the league a long time. Okay, the guy's a veteran guy. He still has game left in him. There's no question about it. And he's won a Norris Trophy before. Talking about Mark Giordano? No. P.K. Subban. Yep. Um, I was actually starting to think about Giordano. That's why I mentioned him. And Giordano is a, is a Toronto guy. So I could see that even making more sense to him, even though he's been in the West, Co- the West part of the country for a long time. Here's the thing about P.K., PK's game has really come down, right? I, you know, like he's he's really struggled at times this year. Okay, um, I have no problem with the idea. I just think you're gonna you're gonna play a lot of minutes next year if you're gonna play with Owen Power. Can he handle it? That's my question. Um, PK Subban is not the same player he was, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago. We know that. I think that PK Subban still has the ability to have that calmness and composure to play with a younger player. Now, mm-hmm. PK Subban is not going to be making nine million dollars like mm-hmm. he is right now. No, he's, he's going to sign a contract for maybe one or two years to kind of, you know, mature a young Owen Power. I mean, PK Subban might be a player that would be beneficial for an Owen Power for for a couple years. He's, he's not going to be playing, you know, 25 minutes a night, but Mm -hmm. is Owen power going to be playing that much? I know who it is. I just found him. Thanks for the heads up, Elliot. Okay. He is six feet four says one ninety three, but Oh no, it's two ninety six or two ninety six, two sixteen. Well, that would be Bufflin. (laughs) <laughs> uh 216 he's 32 he's won a cup and his name is robert bortuzzo he, 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 no, signed. he, he just signed he just signed yeah he's a sign and trade sign and trade you know what no I, like he robert, literally just signed like a month ago three i know weeks so, ago. They, so they can trade him to buffalo yeah deal. robert bortuzzo is not a bad call I, I really like him as a player I'll, I'll give you a couple of free agents i think that makes sense uh, depending on how you feel. Anton Strahlman. That guy's been around and seen everything. 
Yeah, I I played with Anton uh, in uh, in my last year in in Columbus. He's he is a really good player. You just don't know how much how much game he has left. That's right. Now he, I'm looking at guys who are righties, by the way. So yes. like, um, so let's see who else is out there that plays right side. Uh, you know, Ben Sherratt's a lefty shot who plays the right side. I think, I think the one player I think Ian for Cole. me that really sticks out in my mind. And we talked about this before was, was Josh Manson. You know, he's at, he's at a pretty, he's at a, the right age. He's 30. Um, he plays a big, heavy, heavy game, but he can play minutes. He can eat minutes. I just don't know if he's going to go to Buffalo at this time. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll tell you this. The other guy, like this is not a sexy name, but I think, and I don't know if he can handle all the minutes, but he's a really solid player is Matt Benning. Okay. Who's he You're right about not sexy. Nashville. Yeah. He's the Elliot Friedman of defensemen. Extremely <laughs> unsexy. I have another guy that, uh, you talk about Matt Benning. He's kind of like on the same same line. Um, played in a winning culture for the last number of years. Mm-hmm. Okay, right-handed shot. A little bit older at thirty-one. Okay, Yan Ruda. You know, it's funny. I I I, I, I kind of glossed over his name, but that's that's not bad either. Yeah. Listen, I mean, you're not looking to sign a guy for the next five to seven years. You're looking to put a player. That's a very calming influence on, you know, a young, a young player, uh, you know, an up and coming player. And you, you just want to have the right personality that's going to really gel and support that young player. You know, there's got to be a lot of communication, you know, what letting this guy say, listen, I've got your back in anything that happens. Let's go out and let's be the best pairing on the ice, you know, and uh, you gotta, you gotta find that guy. He's going to probably be a little bit older that has some good years left in him. Um, but you're not looking to sign this guy for the next five, eight years. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a short-term thing. It's a short-term thing. Elliot, mo- moving on here, uh, I want to talk about some stuff around the league. Montreal Canadiens, I saw you on uh, Hockey Night Canada the other night on Saturday, and you, you, you guys were talking about Shea Weber. And I know I know it's only $6 million in cash that, that is owed in his contract after yeah. this year. Three and then one, one, one. Yeah. That's that's $6 million. Um, But it's a seven point, what, one, four, or five, or seven point something million. Who's going to take that? 7.6. 7.6, sorry. Who's going to take that on? There's a couple of things. I think a team that may not intend to win the next couple of years, but needs to get to the cap floor, like a team like Arizona, um, that would be one team I would suggest. And Mike Russo, who does a great job covering the wild, he made a really good point. He said it might make sense for Minnesota because the next three years, they've got the cap penalties for buying out Suter and Parise, right? 13 and $14 million. So what it would allow them to do is they could get right up to the cap and then plug in Weber on LTIR and add an extra $7.6 million. It actually makes a lot of sense for them. Okay. So it sounds like that's what's going to happen. And, and not- like, I will say this, I had heard last week that there was something going on with it. Well, there are there any other, are there any other high ticket guys around the league that are, are, 
that teams need to kind of shed. Cause I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering, like there's always high ticket guys out there. that teams are trying to shed always. All right. I'm just, I'm just wondering if like, uh, if a guy like Kyle Oposo is a guy that could be on the move around the deadline to, you know uh, what I mean? You know, I'll tell you something interesting. I, I talked to, I, I talked to, um, uh, when I talked to Kevin, I thought this was really interesting that, you know, Carolyn Cameron was asking me if uh, I thought that uh, Darlene could ever be the captain of the Sabres. And so I was asking Adams about it. Like, are you thinking of having a captain? And, um, you know, he, he kind of, he said, we, we haven't really thought about it yet. It's, it's, it's not something that we're kind well, he didn't say this is not something we're rushing into, but um you know, we were talking about Deline, and then I mentioned someone else. I can't remember who it was now. Tuck. And then he, yes, that's who it was, Tuck. And then he actually said, that's not a bad choice. And then he started mentioning about, you know, maybe it might be a Pozo if we ever got to that. Like, you know, like it sounds like a Pozo, not only has he done well on the ice, but they think he's pretty important for just keeping everybody grounded there. That video with his kid, by the way, yesterday was hilarious. Oh, when he was announcing the lineup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, right wing number 21 dad. That was yeah. really good. It sounds to me like they want to keep a pozo uh, and just around. Well, I was Listen, just saying that if you're, I was building, saying, well, if you're building something, there's a lot of younger players on this team. And, and you talk about Alex Tuck. Yeah. Alex Tuck's 25 years old. Yeah. He's not 30. There, there is no older guy on this team. I mean, it is a young team that needs guidance. And I'm going to tell you this. The guidance is going to come off the ice, yeah. not on the ice. I was no just one needs to tell Cage Thompson of, how to play. Of, you know, picking up half his salary and a team gets a really good veteran winger for three million bucks and, they can, you know, he has a chance to win. That's, that's where I was going with that. But, I mean, it, yeah, I... I it's interesting that they would even uh, I, to me, I, and it always sounds biased, obviously, but I mean, like Alex Tuck, I thought, I thought when he was traded here, that part of that move was to make him the captain of the team after this year, depending on how everything worked, obviously. But did you guys see him going to the post yesterday, by the way? Yeah. That guy's a hell of a player, man. He just is. He crashed I'm not into just that, saying that because I'm on with his man crush. Andrew Peters is a hell of a player. Man, Craig Craig is the guy for four years or three years that has been sitting on this show. And I I zipped my lip and didn't say anything. Craig's not a man crush. It's completely in love with this guy. (laughs) Everything about him. (laughs) Six foot four. He's 220 pounds. He skates like butter. He's smooth. He attacks. He back checks. He will throw a check. He stands in front of the net. He is unbelievable. Well, that's how he got hurt yesterday. He got, he got hurt just just making a play to the net and driving to the net, and he crashed he, into the post. I mean, he's wearing his figure skates on now, and I think he toe picked and went forward and tried to you know do the old uh, football uh, tackle, but not good when you take out try and take out those posts. Last last <laughs> so two hopefully, things. Hopefully, he is he's okay because I'm going to tell you this team really needs this this man. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, that was a, a scary look. He's not one that stays down either. Um, no, no, like, no, no. He, you know, he, I think he hit his hit his head on the post first, and then it drove into his uh, into his uh, neck shoulder area. So we'll have to keep a watch out for that because he's obviously going to be getting evaluated. Um, last two things we'll ask him. We'll let you go, Elliot. Okay. Where's Where's Claude Giroux going? 
Um, and Max Comtois, what, what's the future for him hold? He's having a terrible season. So the Claude Giroux, um, you know, I, I, like, I, I think right now my slight wagering lead is Florida. Um, wow. Yeah. But what? I, I'm not like, that's not like, uh, don't bet your next mortgage payment on it. I still think there's, you know, we still have, as we tape this, we still have two weeks. So did you not see Craig's contract? He has no mortgage. <laughs> um, so <laughs> look at him. He's smiling. So that's how you know it's true. Cause he's smiling and shaking. His head. Uh, I, I think right now I, it sounds to me like that's um, a good fit uh, for him. And, but we'll see. I know they were all going like all the flyers brass went to go watch Owen Tippett when you played the flyers, American hockey league team last week. And sorry, who was, Oh, Max Comtois. He hasn't played a lot in Anaheim this year. He seems to have fallen out of favor there. He did play last night. He got an assist as they won in uh, overtime. Um, but he's he's out of favor there. There's no question. I think they'd move him. Huh. Riv, any well, interest last thing on I'll, him? Last thing I'll ask is, is just going back to the Sabres. Have you heard anything in the direction of what they're looking to do? Because everybody thinks that, you know, when you're, when you're one of the bottom place teams in the league that you're looking to sell, sell, sell. And I think there is going to be some selling, but I think there's going to be, there might be some buying with the Sabres. I think they're looking to get better. I think that, I think that defenseman um, is, is, it sounds like that's something they're thinking about quite hard. Um, you know, obviously, you know, they're, they're Miller, Hogg, they're, they're D. We'll see what they decide to do with them. But I, for me, it just sounds like Adams is thinking, okay, Owen Power's coming. You know, what are we going to do here? I have, I have one last question for you involving trades Can, and, and picking up like dead money and stuff like that. So hypothetically, forget about what's owed and all the cap, the cap hit for drew is what eight, eight, something eight, 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 two, five, eight, two, five. Okay. Yes. So Colorado, forget about the fact that they, I don't know what their cap space is. I just looked at it yesterday. I don't think it's much. It's, space. Tight. it's, it's tight. very tight. Right. Yeah. So can, can, so can knowing that a team can only pick up 50% of a contract, can they trade? Like could Philadelphia trade, Four point one two five million of Jeru's contract that they might have to carry to move him uh, to another team, or do they have to hang on? Do you understand what I'm what I'm saying? If there? If, if you uh, if you take a uh, it, so for example, if you retain salary, you can't trade that. The player okay. can be traded, but but what you can do, Andrew, and what has happened before is is that they can trade, say, Claude Giroux to Buffalo. And so uh, Philly takes yes. 50%, and then Buffalo trades Claude Giroux to Colorado. Okay. And so Buffalo keeps – so Philly could keep 50%, so it's down to 4.125. There's the and circumvention. Then, okay. And then – and then no, that's perfectly legal. It's no, no, I, but I, circumvention, yeah. I use that word. Yeah. Like, there's the way Buffalo around it. That's the way around it. And maybe Buffalo gets a draft pick or two out of it. That's, or a prospect. That's what you're trying to do. Trading salary retention is just – could have simplified the question had I just worded it like that. But then again, that's why you're Elliot Friedman and yep. I'm Andrew Peters. But yeah. – No. Um, 
No, that's yeah, I would okay. trade that. I would trade that. Yeah. Well, so I mean, so you understand my question then? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was just trying to think of ways that GM get creative so that they don't have to have that money on or someone else can take the load. All right. Fair enough. Thanks. What are we missing, Elliot? I feel like something there's some, is there something brewing behind the scenes that we're missing? I don't think so. I don't think so. What do you think that would? What, Craig, what do you're you a good about? read. Look into his eyes. Is he? No, 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 no. Like, like it's 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 busy. Like you know, San Jose is working on Hurdle. Anaheim's working on Lindholm. Uh, Dallas working on Pavelski. Uh, like all these teams are trying to get people done, business done. I, I'm I'm fascinated in two teams right now in the league. Two. Okay. Toronto. Yeah. And the Rangers. I mean, the, I'm rooting for the Rangers because of Drury. I, I you know, you guys, I, like you guys both get along with Drury really well, right? Love Drury. I, lo- I don't him. know him. Oh, I, I don't I know thought, him. Craig just I had to you. live. Craig just had to try to live up to him. Yeah. It's <laughs> like walked into this place and every, all I heard was uh, Danny Briere and uh, Chris Drury. I'm like, yeah. good luck living up to that. You know? Okay. Sorry. I thought you were here at the same time. Um, uh, Drury will take a big swing. He's looking at it. He's looking at like I think he's asked about Giroux. I think he asked about Patrick Kane. Um, I don't know if either one of those is possible. I think JT like, Miller probably because they have some cap. They have like six million in cap space this year. But then it gets tricky. Like like we talked about this. They were in on Olafson and they can't fit it right. Uh-huh. So for next year, so that that's the issue. Is it goes away. Um, that's what they have to deal with. But he's looking to strike this year. There's there, there's no question about that. Um, after that, um, uh, as a, sorry, who was the other one? You Toronto. Said? I've, Toronto. I've, just, I've been watching a lot of Leafs. Yeah, they're they're going after a D. They don't like the way they're playing in front of their. I mean, their goalies aren't making saves, but they're not playing great in front of them either. Yeah, Interesting. and is that guy Chekrin? I don't think I don't see Toronto doing that. Can I ask you something? And it, like it, yeah, I watched yeah. the game. I'm on your the other, podcast. No, man. last I just want. I know we're keeping you longer than 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 you know you definitely we're keeping you longer than you want to be on with us. No, it's uh, okay. No, but I watched the Leaf game the other night, and I just wonder, you know, I just wonder if is there a bit of a beef or disconnect between Nylander and Matthews? Because it looked to me at certain moments of that game, Nylander intentionally looked off Matthews with some prime chances, some prime opportunities. And I'm like, I wonder if Nylander's sick of Matthews getting all this love. Do you, can you do me a favor? Send me some clips of what you're looking at. Oh God. I I can't go back and find, I don't know how to do that. Well, because, or, or hire an intern to do it for you because, (laughs) because whenever that somebody says that kind of thing, I'll always send the clips to like Stewie or Bieksa or Rudy. And I'll say, what do you guys think? I almost texted you the other night. I was watching the game and I knew you guys were covering it. I was like, do you think Nylander doesn't want to give the puck to Matthews because he scores too much? Because like the, I, I'd have to see it. I mean, that was... Why, have you this. heard something? You're, no. Has someone said something to you? Like, man. No, but the thing is like these things, like I'm just laughing because the fiasco that would start if we, if, if you know, that would start, especially now while they're not going right around, you can imagine the bleep storm that that would cause if, if you went with that right now, that's why I'm laughing because of the craziness that would start. I, I think Elliot, you know, like, have... cause Wednesday, cause Wednesday night, I can't remember which goal it was in the Buffalo game, but it might've been the Tage Thompson goal. Sandine was knocked off the puck in front of the net. And Mrazek gave a look to Sandine after the goal. And we were showing it and we were like, 
And it, it becomes a thing, right? Because it's Toronto. So if you were to say that Nylander is looking off Matthews because he's jealous of him, oh, I'm just laughing at the gong show that would create. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I always take these things into account, especially when you're talking about some high-priced talent and a lot of egos, a lot of – no, oh, yeah. not a ton of – not a ton, ton of leadership on that team either. I mean, Tavares is a quiet leader. I mean, it's 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 – We were talking uh, about this before the pod – today and it, we were talking Toronto Maple Leafs and we were asking ourselves with all the skill like Austin Matthews is without question a top five player in the world mm-hmm. he's unbelievable Mitchie Marner Nylander Tavares you know Riley they have a really good core of high-end players but they the have question a is do yeah they have a great core but do you feel they have the right core the right leadership to win and and here was my point and i said this to andrew this morning and i said you look at all of the teams that are winners they all every single team has one major ingredient and i'm going to tell you when you think of the pittsburgh penguins you think of who Sidney Crosby. Brandon yes. Russ. Oh, Sidney Crosby is is little. He's quiet. He's kind of like a little nerdy. He's he is so focused on winning. It is literally his life. That's all he and, cares about. And you look at Chicago Blackhawks back in the day. Who was their leader? Jonathan Taves. Young. They called him Mister Serious. I mean, only one thing on his mind, and that was winning. You look at the Boston Bruins over the years. Who do they have in the team? First the guy comes to mind is an extremely serious Patrice Bergeron, followed up by the captain, Zdena Chara. These guys aren't joking around. And yeah, they are with their guys, but they are tr- the most true. And what would you say about Matthews? Say it. If you're no, going to, no, no what do you say? I want you to go through. Do you just, be you quiet. said Matthews is just more interested quiet. in. Be quiet. <laughs> okay. Then I won't look say. At Stevie Eiserman back in the day. Ultimate focus. Joe Sackick, ultimate focus. You look at New Jersey Devils, you think of Scott Stevens. He was nuts. He, he literally was the ultimate leader. Tampa Bay, you have Stamkos and Hedman. They're not giggling and laughing. They're serious professionals. They have built environments. All these teams have built environments where they have one or two or three players on the team that literally take everybody to the promised land with how they drive the ship. You look at Austin Matthews. Is that that guy? He's more worried about Justin Biebs and his no, I, I disagree with that. I will say this. I well, think you say that, but what has he won? You know, he hasn't won anything yet, but you know, it does. It's like we're talking about with Eichel. It does, or or, or Reinhardt. It doesn't mean that he's uh, doesn't care. You know, Craig. Not saying him. that he doesn't care. No, a lot but, of guys but Craig, that care. But, Craig, but there's a big difference between Sydney Crosby. Let the man speak, Riv. Let the man speak. He's on, our guest. Hold on. He puts in the work. I think he's become a much, much better player. The way he goes and gets the puck now, um, especially when they loses it uh, or they lose it, he's aggressive. He goes and gets it. I think he's worked hard in his defensive game, his face-off game. He's, he's not perfect, 
but I think he's come a long, long way. I he's think that guy's, I think that guy's really driven. Yes, he likes the fun. He likes the but but you know what, Craig? That's this athlete. They they've all got it from like LeBron James and guys like that. LeBron James. Well, let me ask you something. Is Sidney Crosby like that? No, but that's, Is he wearing a pink suit coming to the rink. Yeah, but I wear pink suits on the air, man. Okay, you think but that I don't care. You didn't win a Stanley Cup. No, I is didn't. Jonathan, <laughs> is Jonathan Tave showing up in a uh, uh, flowered pattern like, suit? Come on, no, he's Craig, not. Craig, do you think that really matters? I, I absolutely think it matters because oh, you look at on. all of the winners. Look at all of the winners. They all have a guy, See, one or two guys idea. that are insanely off the chart driven. And they're stars. They're superstars. Uh, like, you don't think Tavares is driven? I, I think Matthew. I think Matthews is driven. I, I like to me anybody who thinks Matthews isn't driven is wrong. I think Marner is driven. Marner, I think his weakness is the mental game, and they are trying to fix that with him. I think Marner's problem is that he worries too much what other people say about him, and it gets into his head. That's where he's got to get out of it. But Matthews is very driven. Uh, some, you know what? Honestly, it's like, you know, you know who used to. It's you know not who, about the individual. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, but, let me but, hear. But, but the thing is, like, it's like guys like Matt Sundin. Like people used to think, oh, Sundin doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't care. Some people are just. Not everybody looks like Mark Messier out there. But he does care. He cares a lot, and he's driven. Mark Messier. Yeah, but not everybody looks like that. Let Let's, me tell you something. All the guys that have won have the Mark Messier, the Crosby, the Taves, the Stevens, the Eisermans, the Sackicks. They and I are, think Tavares is that and guy. What I, I say just is, think he needs a few on. more guys around him that are not about a few more guys around him. He has tons around him. The difference with Sidney Crosby, I'm, I'm talking. I talked to a guy. Guys. I talked to a guy that played with Sidney Crosby for a few years. This was back. This was back like a long time ago when he was a younger guy. He was still the captain of the team, and he said, and he was he was probably ten years older than Sidney Crosby. He goes, Sidney Crosby made everybody uncomfortable. He goes, his demeanor was insanely off the chart, infectious. Excellence was the only thing that he thought about. Winning was everything. Losing was not an option. And if they did not win, it was the worst place on the planet to be. If they won, he was still driven because it wasn't good enough. He wanted better. And the environment that Sidney Crosby had by not what he did individually on the ice, because Sidney only he's going to worry about himself and playing with the players. I'm talking about the environment every single day when they went to the rink, when they left the rink, everything was about excellence. And you look at the guys that have won, they have, they're, they're a little off. Jonathan Taves, when the guy came into the league, we, we called him Mr. Serious. Yeah. But he's got three Stanley Cups. No one's gonna no one's gonna fault him for that. Austin Matthews scores more goals. He's an incredible hockey player. He's number one overall pick. My question is, does he have it to build 
a winning environment? I guess time will tell. That's the question. Time will tell. Elliot, sorry to make you sit through that, man. I don't have any problem with that. Okay. I was just trying to be courteous. I don't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with that at all. Great segment with you today. You too, guys. We'll look forward to seeing if Reinhardt gets his tribute. Reinhardt gets his tribute. Jack, I've heard rumblings. I've heard rumblings that Eichel will get a uh, tribute of some sorts. I'm not certainly sure that it's coming from the team or if someone said to me that it might be coming from some kind of a charitable foundation that he helped out a lot on the side. You know what? That's, that's, not, kind of, that's not a bad idea. That's, yeah. And that's going to be the justification of it will be something along the lines of um, coming from an, an outside source, you know, showing his great intentions with the foundation than more than it is about this, the, his time with the Sabres from what I've been led to believe. I don't know who this, who the charity is or whatever, but I will tell. We shall see. Good luck. Awesome. Look forward luck, to chatting guys. with you next week after the outdoor game, Elliot. Thanks for your time, man. All right. Take care guys. Have All a right. great day. You too. Yeah, you see too. you. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.